big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. A big warm welcome to you. This is Marion Rose. And I'm Layla Stone. And today we're talking about relationships within aware parenting. So yes. this covers a lot of different relationships. It does. <laughs> and I'm just going to say before we begin, we're, uh, we've got a slightly echo tone to our podcast today just because we have just finished a beautiful one day masterclass that Marion and I have been teaching. And we are staying in this lush, lush, beautiful place that we ran our masterclass from. So we're taking opportunity now whilst we've had an amazing day of connection and listening and sharing with, with lots of beautiful people to um, to just share some more wisdom and info from from our um, yeah, from all that we've experienced. We may sound a little bit crazy too because we've been talking all the time. So we'll see what happens. We might be lost for words. All the words have come out. But let's see how we roll. <laughs> yeah. So this podcast that I, I topic I really like actually because I get asked a lot about, you know, I'm on board with aware parenting but my partner isn't. And how do you navigate that when you're wanting to parent one way and your partner is doing it differently? And it can be very, very tricky to navigate. And... I find that, um, you know, not to generalise, but I find a lot of women come to aware parenting, you know, it makes a lot more sense to them, that there's sometimes more capacity to listen to feelings and emotions and they can hold it, but find that it's much more challenging for, for partners or for males. And that's not that's not in all cases, but I've found that there's more of um, an uptake of that. And I think, you know, for me, I always just come back to that first piece that, you know, most of us did have a lot of, being shut down when we were children but even more so for males you know it's such a big story about not crying about not um having emotions and feelings when you're male so you know i really appreciate it for a lot of men that's even there's an even greater stretch for them often about being with feelings and emotions yeah if you think in our culture isn't there so much about big boys don't cry Mm -hmm. so much shaming that you that used to happen that is changing now but Mm. so i think we're going to be talking a lot about compassion but really one of the things i often talk about is actually imagining your partner's inner child so if you are and of course they're all different forms of partnerships but if say you're a woman and it's your male partner but it could be you know whatever gender you are and they are if you're connecting more with aware parenting and they're not to actually when they're having the responses to actually imagine their inner child particularly in a child of the age that your child is at the mm. moment because that's often what's um what's showing up in mm. in this scenario Totally, absolutely. And I think from a practical point of view, when people do say, how do I navigate this when my partner's not on board? Like for me, one of the the first places to start is to really have faith in actually just modelling the behaviour. So often, again, when we're we're looking at big, deep ingrained patterns in, in people, when it comes to our association with feelings, emotions, all those kind of things, it's very tricky to change often a lifetime of patterning, you know, just in a, in a weekend or just in a day or two. It does take lots and lots of practice. So I often say to, to parents, you know, start with just, you know, the behaviour or the way you're wanting to parent, just keep modelling that, you know. So with your child, staying connected, listening to their feelings, 
using play, you know, speaking kindly, all those kind of things, because we do learn a lot by watching, particularly in partnerships. So I have found in my own relationship, um, you know, my husband was kind of on board when we first began. I kind of said to him, oh, look, I've read this book. Should we give it a go? And he was like, oh, yeah, okay. He was, he was pretty happy to go with it. But quite a few times he would check in with me and go, is this really going to work? And are you sure? And as we got deeper into the aware parenting journey, and we were more immersed in it some of our deeper patterns came up and for me i grew up where i was i was listened to like i not to the extent of probably that i needed but i you know the feelings were okay and it was okay for me to cry so i probably had a a more stable foundation to move into that but whereas my husband not so much because he was shut down and there was a really strong story of you know you just I don't want to hear about it that was kind of where it came from so that was often his default too when the kids were triggering him he would move into I don't want to hear about it I've just said how it is and that's it Mm -hmm. so it was challenging I guess when you are aware of aware parenting and you practice it to see when your partner isn't doing that and it can be very easy to want to quickly jump in and correct your partner or tell them they're doing it wrong. And that that often doesn't go down so well (laughs) at all. And, you know, I think that's where we need to have a lot of compassion. And, you know, for me, well, and a lot of people I've worked with, it really does start with just keep modeling how you want it to be. And then in those times where it isn't flowing or a partner is getting really angry with the child, that kind of stuff, I mean, sometimes I would just go in and I would be there just with my presence. And sometimes I would just say, I can see you getting really angry. Do you want me to take over? Or are you doing okay at the moment? Or I would just try to without kind of, you know, correcting my partner because that often then would just polarise them more is to just be, I'm here. And then only after the dust had settled, when everything kind of had calmed down, I would then usually say, so how do you feel that went (laughs) before? Um, I would try to say it without sounding like a therapist, (laughs) which my family's all over (laughs) because they look at me and go, don't do that, mum. But it would just be, how did that feel? I I would just say things like, how did that feel for you with the kids? And I could see you getting upset. Are you okay? And and showing compassion. So really bringing that compassion piece to my partner to say, are you okay? You know, and and where was that sitting for you? And only from there, if he was willing to open up and discuss a bit more about where it went with that. So I found that that was a really great way. And I mean, I'm so blessed with my beautiful husband. Not that I think that he listens to this podcast, but he is amazing (laughs) and just so beautiful at at turning up for our kids in so many different ways and we've both had to learn how to navigate that over the years of doing it and I definitely haven't been perfect and it's taken a lot of practice to get to where we are and and the other thing I would say to parents is that the more you parent your children in this way the more they that's what they um, are attuned to and they say this is you know this is what feels right for me so what I did find is the, the deeper we're in our aware parenting journey and the older my kids got, if either one of us was off track, my partner or I, my, my kids would call us out on it. They mm. would just say, I don't think you're talking very kindly to me or why are you so angry? Or they would really be able to call us back into alignment or into connection because we had modelled that so much or we'd done it a lot. But it does take a lot of practice with it. Yes. But I absolutely you know, say that you know, in my experience, a lot of men, again, I don't really like to generalise, but they don't really want to read the books or, yeah. or all that kind of stuff. So sometimes you have to give them abridged versions or, you know, just one page, 
you know, from a, a, um, a website or something that can give a few points to just say, this is what I'm trying to do. What do you think about that? Because it's, it's finding a way of how it's going to work within your family. I mean, and the other side too is, you know, sometimes I've found that one parent is particularly good at play, you know, and that they are, um, they are really awesome at that, but not so much at listening to the feelings. And I found that in my relationship that I'm really excellent at, at feelings. Like just bring me anything and everything and I'll sit and listen to that. I'm a bit rubbish at play. I've gotten better, but my husband's so good at play. And that was the way he really brought that aware parenting piece to our family because he was always up for playing and being silly and all those kind of things and and for me the feelings were more of a comfortable place so it's again it may not be that your parents doing uh, your partner's doing everything but perhaps one piece they can bring to the story i wonder about you love but i've worked with so many uh, couples where when the dad starts hearing oh the play the play before bed Often there's the, the dynamic of the mum saying, no, don't play with them before bed, and the relief often with does. And again, totally generalising with genders and so on here, but I think that's such a relief. And, and to actually really celebrate and acknowledge that and appreciate them for what they do do, I mm. think that's such an important piece, isn't it? Mm. I think the other thing that can often happen as well, isn't it, that is to really remember, as you were saying, Lal, if, if we're aiming to do aware parenting with our children, but then we're actually judging or shaming or kind of being punitive with our partner mm. that, you know, it's also remembering that our children are really watching that too. So uh, aware parenting becomes about all of our relationships and that's yeah. certainly what I found is the more compassion I found for my children, it started spreading to, to everybody, to me, to my partner who's now my ex-partner, you know, everybody in the whole world because mm. we start to see this compassionate lens, people through this compassionate lens. And I think often those those dynamics really show up in partnerships around aware parenting. So, you know, if your partner is, um, not often I find dads can start to find around about three, three or four if children are starting to do any kind of hitting or not cooperating. Sometimes I think dads were, uh, men as boys were, treated particularly harshly mm. so that's when they they start to say well you know we need to we need to be punitive we need to move in with these harsh limits and to um and often these dynamics then happen the the, the mum I wonder if any of you can recognize this will then start to to remember what it was like for them with their dad how did their dad respond to them and their feelings so often what can happen and what can get really tricky is when we're then uh, you know more in our uh if you're a woman, our little girl self responding really to our da dad rather than our partner, and often then the, the, our partner will then actually become going to their little boy and be responding to mm. their mum and being, you know, shamed or punished or told that they were doing something wrong. And that's what I see so often that can tend to happen that can make aware parenting really, really hard. Yes. And, you know, what I love about what I heard you saying, Lyle, is, is if there's a way that you can really see that you are on the same team and that you're there to actually support your inner children of mm. both of you and to see it, it, this is hard mm. it's hard because we're reparenting ourselves as well as parenting our children and the more we can see that often our our own challenging responses to our children and our partners come from those hurt places in themselves and the more we can see that and have compassion for those little inner children in them uh, the, more, the easier everything gets mm, and I mean it is it's it's aware parenting with relationships with, with <laughs> yes. as you say with ourselves, with everybody but yes. even 
I've found too over the years I've learnt that if my partner did get angry to not be reactive so very much similar to what I would be with my children is to actually take a deep breath and really anchor myself and say I see that you're really mad you know and to hold a space for him to you know feel safe enough that he can get to what's underneath those feelings and once upon a time I would just go into reactivity or try and make it all right or whatever my story you know my story was always I've got I've got to be a good girl so I've got to make it okay until actually going this is actually nothing to do with me he's just mad he's got Mm. feelings he's angry there's there's hurt there so how can I hold that same space for him and and he does the same for me within it and it looks different you know it's so funny how we we have our different ways my um I if I was to say when I do feel vulnerable or go into triggered places I become really a little bit whiny (laughs) I become a little bit I just get a little bit pathetic and I go oh my god this is really scared and and my husband kind of just almost holds this loving limit for me and goes "Mm -hmm." like (laughs) you don't need to do that like where are you going with that and I go oh yeah okay you know that that's my pattern within Mm. it and he might move towards being um you know just angry like we you know really that's what his father was a lot of the time so it's it's really funny what we do for each other because we've done it for so long now how we are it it is within our relationship as well it's beautiful and then the children do it too to each other and to their friends because it's really embodied in them as well of um of those just what that looks like empathy connection I often kind of joke I think it's sometimes hard being friends with my kids because you know they really they know how to hold space but they also will kind of really call people on you know how why are you behaving like that or those kind of things and and a lot of kids don't know how to deal with that so I, I just go they're good skills but sometimes they're tricky to hold when you're 10 or 11 so yeah, but that, that piece again too of it's aware parenting is across the board everywhere, not just with our children as well. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that looked, you know, when when you and your partner split or getting mm. divorced or yes. what, you know, where that moved for with you? I think one of the things that I realised was that I really needed to do a whole lot of inner work and as much as I possibly could because I knew that I really did not want to do any kind of um, blaming of him or any kind of I mean I really wanted them to have a really enjoyable relationship with both of us so I, it was a, a very helpful um, catalyst to do a lot of inner work so that we could come to a place of being really supportive of each other and you know really harmonious co-parenting and it's now um, eight years that we wow. separated and what I love about it is it just um, deepens and deepens and you know last year we were actually running aware parenting workshops for dads and you know I think that's what I love about about what you bring to the picture now is that when you talk about your son and coming to aware parenting at seven and the uh, and that real trust in the timing is that some of the things you know that can take sometimes take years you know we did uh, pieces of work last year in you know we would drive to the workshop um, and we would talk and every time we would come away with so much that really then would help our children that really some things take time and sometimes it takes time for us to you know that was my experience that we would heal a piece between us and that would help uh, our son for example I remember we had one really big conversation just sitting on the couch about these workshops we were going to run and I could really feel that I was standing in a new place with him and, and our son was there you know doing his own thing but in the same room and that night he had the biggest cry, just really, really big, massive cry. And 
Yeah, just really trusting the timing that, you know, things can be hard and tough in relationships, but there's always the capacity for healing and you know, beautiful harmony that can come out mm. of places that, that would, you would never believe that would be possible. Mm. And even, I love that. I love how you and, you know, your kid's dad just have such a beautiful relationship and connection. It's, it's, it's really... Um, it's really inspiring and so it's amazing I also think I was just going to share about that um oh god now my body's just gone black <laughs> you know I wanted to say as well is I really love you know spent time at your house and mm-hmm. stayed with you and your family and seeing how you and, and your husband are together and how mm. you are the kids is, is so deeply inspiring to me that it's possible to have a, a family like that you know and I think everyone needs to go and hang out at Leo's <laughs> house for, for a day just to see oh. what family can be like oh, thank you that's really beautiful to hear that. thank this you this woman really walks her talk oh you're really beautiful thank you see we're all loved up because we've just had a whole day of connection we're just going to sit here and have mutual appreciation how are we each other um i was what i was going to say is that you know again if we look at what relationships are like so you know not just the stories our children bring us but the stories our partners bring us as well and and why we choose certain partners and what often i think what wounds or stories we're working through together as well we, we need so much compassion and empathy for ourselves within that and you know the the parts of our partners that really push up stuff or what we're playing out you know it's really big and and i think Again, we, we talk so much about being gentle and kind to ourselves within the stories, you know, and, and I find that the more willingness we have to do the work and keep, or we're parenting ourselves, the easier mm-hmm. all relationships become. Yeah. And, and, and the other piece I was going to talk about too, because this is not just about what if you're on board with it and your partner's not, what about extended family? <laughs> what about friendships? You know, that's really challenging for a lot of people. And that's something that I have a lot of clients say as well that, you know, they're really in their little family or at home, they can do aware parenting, but then when they're with the in-laws or the cousins, it's really challenging because they don't, you know, the others yeah. don't get it. And, and often there's a lot of comments of, you know, your child's just being super naughty or they're unruly or you've got to put some discipline in place or, you know, that whatever it is that the child's turning up with. And, and I often found too that particularly kids are so clever, particularly around people who disapprove, your kids mm-hmm. will just act out even more <laughs> because they're like, hey, let's really push these buttons here and see if somebody can shift. I found that that always used to happen, yeah. <laughs> when, especially the times when I wanted my kids to be good, <laughs> in inverted commas, or behave in a certain way because I knew there might be judgment. They would kind of just look at you with like, really, mum? Okay, I'm going to help you with this. <laughs> yes. I actually want to say one more about the partnership thing mm-hmm. before we go fully into the next bit, which is uh, the way I... I believe it is the case is that we choose people who will help us Mm -hmm. for our partners who will actually help us they will remind us in some way of our family so I think when we can have that bigger context and rather than seeing these big feelings that come in us up in us when our child when our child when our partner or or our ex-partner does something is to really trust that actually the reason we're having a, such a big reaction is because we've chosen someone who's going to help us heal this. And I think whenever we can uh, see that bigger perspective rather than, you know, my partner's doing something and I'm finding it really challenging to like, wow, I chose this person so I could actually heal this. 
it can take everything, you know, we can see everything through a different lens as a, an opportunity and an invitation for healing rather than a, why won't they do what I asked oh, them to do? Totally. It takes it from a blame situation or, a, you know, that you're not doing what I want you to do to, yeah, I, I am owning my story. And that's powerful. So powerful. So powerful. And I think that's where the teamwork can come in, can't it? Mm. If you can both actually talk to, talk to each other and, and really see... You know, this is the you know the thing that you do is helps me connect with this deep pain yes. from my childhood, and we can both actually see each time this happens as oh, and and really even share the story. So when you say that, when you do that to our child, you know, I remember being five when my dad shouted at me or whatever, and and then we can actually start to bring that into the whole narrative and the conversation, then everything can change. Totally, and it takes us from being. Like in that victim mentality of, you know, my partner just won't do this or they won't do that. If only they would do that to really owning our own stories, which is the the step towards a conscious relationship. Mm. Because you can't, as long as you go into a relationship with, if only my partner would do this and it would be okay. Or they don't bring me enough of this or they've got to be that. You know, we're coming to the relationship almost like this with this beggar's bowl going, fill me up, fill up this bowl with enough stuff to make me feel okay about myself instead of actually you know us really holding our own nutritious you know abundant bowl of who we are you know and sharing it not you know going you've got to fill up me really i mean that's a huge huge piece to come to in relationships around i am responsible for me and my feelings and you are the mirror of all the beautiful stuff that i need to to work through and and that just is so powerful Mm. because it then gives the other person space to actually do the work you know they're not spending the whole time you know <laughs> getting everything wrong because they're never going to be able to fill you up in the way they're desiring so oh, I wish this is relationships 101 tonight <laughs> but I want to touch on the piece about um yes, about in-laws and yes, families so because angry. that's huge yeah. for a lot of people so huge and um you know again I think we will get tested on this a lot, particularly when you do parent in this way, you know, not and not just from family, but, you know, friends or kindergarten or in the park or wherever you are, you know, that, that people, their, their nature is to judge really around what they're seeing in that snapshot. And it can be really hard to hold your centre whilst your child's having big feelings when you're in public or when you're hearing laws. And, and I think that takes real practice and... Mm-hmm. It really does take an, a, a deep centeredness within yourself to hold it and actually not care, you know. And, and you know, and I think that a lot of people do struggle with that early on because you know, not only, especially with family, if you're going back into the environment where all the stories came from, and then, um, you know, then you're getting the judgment again. It feels really tricky, you know. And and I found look in. Um, over the years if I was with family or people and one of my children was upset I'd just try and remove them as best I can into another room and we would do it in there or we would go outside or I would just to try and keep myself as you know being kind to myself to remove myself so I could still attend to my child's needs but in an environment where I didn't feel like I was being judged you know until it felt so solid in my being that I just didn't care what yes. anyone was thinking or seeing because I was just like, I know that my commitment here is to my child yes. and that that I am really rock solid in this and it, then it didn't matter at all. Yeah, and I think part of the painfulness, as you were saying, is that often the way they're responding to our child is also the way that, that they responded to us. So we're not only 
we're not only dealing with them in the present, but we're also remembering how that felt, mm. how we felt as children, mm. if perhaps we were you know, punished for crying or whatever the thing was. So mm. I think it's yeah, holding a lot of compassion for ourselves. And it is really a developmental process, isn't it? Because I think it's really listening to those inner children, doing our, having our empathy buddy or, or having sessions with someone so you really get those little inner children get to mm. be heard. And that's what we did a lot today in the workshop, in the masterclass of mm. really getting to speak what didn't get spoken and mm. really getting the responses from someone who can hear us and can mm. be with those feelings. And, and then I think there's, there's often the next developmental step, which is we start to see our parents in a different light rather than as these people who hurt us and sometimes it may always you may always see them like that but increasingly is actually their capacity and often their lack of capacity that it wasn't that they didn't love us it's just that they didn't have the capacity to hear us in ways that we we do have for our children and I think that's a big shift is when we start being able to be compassionate for them and of course it's hard for them to listen to feelings because they've had, you know, X number of years of never having their feelings heard, and and it's really hard to change cultural beliefs that have been passed down generation from generation mm. that actually children aren't bad and naughty and mm. misbehaving, but actually, you know, it's a big, it's a big shift, mm. isn't it, to start to see our own it's parents huge. in those ways. Mm. And sometimes I've worked with people where you know they've been brought up a certain way with their parents, and their parents really weren't in this state or the, had the capacity to listen or to be playful and then that you have a child and it's their grandchild and then they turn up as grandparents in a completely oh, different way yes. and that can also be really you know it can feel really hard to witness that your parent your own parent where you felt you didn't get your needs met then being with your child in a way which is what you always deeply designed and wanted that can feel really really challenging and hard you know that can um, that can bring up you know lots of feelings as well around what we didn't get and I always think within that piece too it's seeing you know I think as people get older they do soften well mostly a lot of people do or the feelings come out more and um, and that they're they don't have the stresses they don't have the financial stress or the working or whatever was going on because it's intense you know raising kids especially when they're little at any time really and um <laughs> and that when they're grandparents you know there is more space for them you yes. know in some in some way so they can turn up and they get to come and play and be there for a few hours and then go home you know whereas when we're a parent and it's on all the time it's it's it's, it's harder to have that spaciousness and capacity to give so that can be another thread that can really bring up feelings as well for a lot of people and, and again, the answer, more compassion, <laughs> more compassion and, and just tuning into what that feels for yourself. And yeah, you know, I always come back to this. We're always doing the best job we can, you know, with where we are and where we've journeyed. And, and you know, like, again, the more compassion we have for ourselves, for other humans, the more we have for our children, you know, really does make a big difference. Yeah, and I think... Again, that's why I love bringing in the cultural piece because I think often the longer we've been doing this, we start to see less is it about, you know, it's my partner's doing this to me or not doing this to my child or, you know, my parents, but actually seeing that we're all embedded in this culture. And, you know, these ways of responding to partners are really new. These ways of responding to our children are really new. These ways of being, understanding our parents are all actually really new pieces of information and we're all really learning so to actually see that bigger picture I think can can also really transform things yeah and I just 
you know, when all else fails, this is what, this is my this is my go-to in life. When all else fails, I I see the person who it is that I'm having a hard time with, whether it's my partner, my parent, someone in my family, whatever. I just see them connected to their higher self. I see them connected to who they really are. Like if all else fails, I kind of just go, I'm going to hand this over and see them see them being aligned with who they really are. And that's the energy I'm going to put out there. Like I'm really just going to put out there that even you might be stuck in your big story and you can't look at it. I'm, I'm going to see you as a person that ha- has the capacity mm. to be that. Mm. And that's, that's a very mm. powerful intention to put out there. It's very, very powerful to, to see a person in that way instead of the, they're not enough or they're not doing enough, but to actually go, I'm holding you in the vision that you know you'll you'll connect with who you really are to do what you need to do, and sometimes that's all you can do in relationships when you know things are feeling pretty sticky, and that's sometimes all we can do. Yeah, it's my go-to at the end of the day when I've tried everything else. <laughs> Tell me what you're going to say. It's a bar of chocolate. So <laughs> my go-to. <laughs> no, I knew you weren't. <laughs> So I guess our, our suggestion for um for you know an offering for this this podcast is really just to have a lot of compassion for your partners or your family or your in laws. Oh gosh, aren't in laws wonderful <laughs> teaching us and, stuff too? And even before that, because it's not about forcing compassion; it's actually being listening to our, all the hurt and the pain and the outrage first so that then we can be compassionate our own feelings first so we can be compassionate with them from that true place yeah and and one other piece I want to say around that is I I love I mean I'm I'm, I really love listening to people's story of where they've come to where they've been and I did really admit um my in-laws you know when my partner and I first got together and had little kids I found them challenging to be around so they're Hungarian they they escaped from Hungary you know when they were teenagers you know they're they're really that got that beautiful European element to them and you know they they have had a really really hard journey and you know I often found ways that they were tricky to be with sometimes and when I sat down and really heard about their stories oh my god I just was like wow they are the most amazing people I can't believe what they have endured in their life and everything about the way they were or the things that really irritated me just kind of melted because I actually just saw where they have come from what they have done what they have achieved and i had nothing but just the deepest level of empathy and compassion for them and i adore them absolutely adore them now and and i had to really you know again they and this is just another little piece um you know when my kids would go to be with them sometimes i i wasn't happy with things that they were doing with them but I had to really just trust that my kids also chose them as they chose me and that they would figure it all out. And they totally did. The older they got, they were like, this is what happens at Nanny and Papa's house and this is what happens at home. And Mm. they began to see it so beautifully and clearly about, you know, just how different things looked in different ways. And, And they coped beautifully. And I just have so much deep compassion and empathy for their journey. They've, they've shown and taught me so much, um, just by being who they are and I I really always come back to that piece too of if we really knew the story that everybody has had to get to the place they're in now I think we would all we would really change the way we look at people Mm. yeah Yeah. Mm. I love that it's really uh, looking through the eyes of each person whether it's Mm. our child to to, when we when we're in those tricky places places to actually see what what would this be looking like from their eyes or Mm. our partners when they're having reactions to our children or our parents or you know it's actually 
take just taking that moment what does this what might this be like for them and then everything can change that connection beautiful beautiful and our, our recommendations would you know I think again going and looking at Alita's books are really beautiful just on you know what a, where parenting can look like I mean my other recommendation would be is to also go and have a look at some websites like uh, Hand in Hand Parenting or AHA Parenting or Marion's got heaps and heaps of articles on her website. I think sometimes with relationships where we're finding it tricky is just little articles are really good places to start to plant seeds for people when they're unsure of how that can look. So there's some really good resources out there, you know, that I think are are just beautiful little snippets of, of information that can just be little digestible pieces that can feel good. Or send people to the Dear Wear Parenting podcast <laughs> to listen to. Yes. can listen to us talk about the things. <laughs> Another one that can be really helpful is actually doing present time with your partner. And that might be even just starting off with 10 minutes a week where you have five minutes each. And you really you might start off with something really simple like each person has five minutes. And for that five minutes, the other person just listens. And, and the person who's speaking only use I statements and you know aim to not blame but just to, to speak and the other person hear. And you know, the more we can connect with them in that way, the more you know, everything can mm. get more wonderful. I'm starting to lose my words now from <laughs> day to day. <laughs> so we might end it up here before it gets all a bit silly. Um, but thank you for being with us again. Uh, thank you for, uh, for listening to, um, uh, to us and uh, all our stories around aware parenting. <laughs> and if you do love uh, what we do, we really love you to share it you know, with other people or you can rate us on iTunes or any of those places um, <laughs> to let more people know about it. So, yeah, we, we thank you for being here and we look forward to next time. And lots of love. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.